Blog Talk Radio.
now
All right, well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. You know, we're just playing these songs tonight, worshiping God. And for some reason, we keep getting on this theme of the name of Jesus. Everything, all the songs, everything seems to be pointing to blessed be his name. No other name I know. When I speak your name, and you know what? That's it. Listen, when you don't know what to pray, you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, you don't know what's going on, just begin to cry out for Jesus. Just begin to call out to Jesus. And so we're going to call out to Jesus tonight. And we're going to call out on his word and see what Jesus says. It's one thing to talk to Jesus. It's one thing to cry out to Jesus. It's another thing to hear from Jesus. And we want to do all of that. So let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we ask your kingdom come and your will be done tonight, Father, just as it is in heaven. Father, we ask, Lord, bring it into the earth. Bring it into this show tonight, the broadcast tonight. We pray for your glory. We pray for your wisdom. We pray for your presence. Father, we pray, Lord God, that you'd be glorified, magnified, and you'd be lifted up on the show tonight. Father, we just pray, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts. Father, that you would minister to us by your presence. And, Lord, you said in your presence, there's a fullness of joy. Lord, at your right hand, Lord, there's pleasures forevermore. And, Father, we want to be pleasured. And we know that true pleasure comes from doing your will. We learned that last night in your word. Father, we just want to be ready to do your will. So give us ready hearts. Give us ready hearts. Prepare our hearts for your purposes. And we just thank you, Lord. We just pray right now for everyone that's sick in their bodies. Maybe they need peace in their minds. Maybe they need a breakthrough financially. They need a breakthrough in their home, in their relationships, in their family life. Father, right now we pray, bring your kingdom, bring your Holy Spirit, bring your promises to pass in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, if you want to check us out on the web, we're at www. Dot prayerinternational.org This will be archived later If you can tune in and stay with us Please do Otherwise check it out later if you get a chance So we're going to get into Matthew 25 Last night we started to do that And then the Lord kind of prompted me And we sort of shifted into Psalm 40 And we talked about delighting in the will of God. We talked about the pleasures of the will of God. But I wanted to get into Matthew 25 because there's something Jesus makes very clear to us. And I think we need to catch this. You know, some things are taught and some things are caught. And while it's being taught, you need to catch it. You need to catch the spirit of Jesus. You need to catch the heart of God in Matthew 25. All right, so 
It starts out this. We're going to go with the parable of the ten virgins. I'm going to go with King James. It says this. It says, Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. They that were foolish took their lamps. And took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, or waited, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom comes. Go ye out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us of your oil, for our lamps have gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. Go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. And afterward came the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. And he answered and said, Verily I say to you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. So let's stop there for a minute. So there's something going on in the minds of these women. Okay? And this is the deal. They're preparing themselves for the bridegroom. They're preparing themselves for the most important day of their lives. And out of the ten, five of them came ready. And the other five just came presumptuous and expecting too much without the proper preparation in their life. Many times in the kingdom of God, God calls us to a a purpose or calls us to a task or calls us to a season. Maybe it's to a church or a people or a place, whatever the situation is. And he calls us. And just like these ten virgins, here the sound goes out, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. And the cry went out. And everybody heard the cry. And I want you to think about this. In your life, God cry out. He sends, He speaks out. He sends a declaration out. And he calls you to come unto him. First call, your salvation. The first call, you're born again. You come into contact. You come into life with God. Your spirit and God's spirit are connected and established and become one. Second call, 
your consecration, your holiness, your lifestyle, your whatever God requires of you. Now that's a process. And that isn't something that just happens overnight. But see, God calls us into that situation. And part of that is our preparation. Part of that is our preparation for the purposes of God. And for the ten virgins, their preparation was trimming their wicks, bringing their lamps, and making sure they had enough oil. It wasn't just one thing they needed to focus on. It's not just enough to have your wick trimmed. And it's not just enough to bring your lamp. But you've got to have some substance. You've got to have substance. You've got to have oil. You've got to have an anointing in your life. And you can be foolish in your life and walk around with your lamp empty, expecting God to do this and do that, expecting to be at the marriage table. You can walk around with your lamp empty and expect to ride the coattails of those that have an oil inside of their lamp those that have an anointing inside of their lives. Maybe you can get close to somebody that's anointed and you can feel the anointing. You can get around anointed worship and you can feel the anointing, but once you get away from that, where's the anointing? Where's the substance in your life? Are you trying to borrow the oil from someone else? from someone else's music or from someone else's preaching or from someone else's life? Or do you go get the oil for yourself? Or do you go and try to buy oil? Do you try to get this prepackaged Christianity where all your homework's done for you and someone lays it all out for you where if you follow the simple seven little steps, then you're going to be a super Christian and everything's going to work out fine Because you bought into some deal that told you as long as you buy this oil, it's going to be okay. But the problem is when you're there at the merchant's table and your master is calling, you don't get to go in because you're too busy buying oil. You're too busy buying from everybody else. And you're too busy trying to borrow from everybody else's anointing. And because you're so busy trying to buy and borrow the things of God, you're not sitting at the master's table enjoying the marriage supper, enjoying the marriage ceremony, and enjoying the benefits of marriage because you're too busy buying and too busy borrowing something that God wanted you to get for yourself to keep pure and holy between you and him. Just like the five virgins that had their oil and had their trim wicks and came with their lamps full. You with me? All right, so here we go.
But while we'll go back to 10, while they were on their way, I'm going to read it in New International for a minute. To buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. You see, this is the deal. There's an appointed tie for everything in the kingdom. Certain things have an expiration date. And when God closes a door, he says, look, I close the door. Look, nothing's going to open this door unless I choose for it to be open. And you have a moment in time, an opportune season, a kairos moment, if you will. And what that means is you have a moment that intersects your life where you have an opportunity in God to advance into something or step into something or be promoted into something. But see, these foolish virgins were so busy buying and borrowing and not being there with the bridegroom that they missed their opportunity. They missed their moment. Don't miss your moment. Don't miss your moment. God wants me to not miss my moment. I know that. God's constantly telling me, Chris, don't miss your moment. Don't miss your opportunities. Don't waste your opportunities. And that goes for business or ministry or my relationship with my wife. There's opportunities that are missed many times because I don't prepare. Yeah. So the deal is, Jesus says, be a wise steward. Be wise. Be full. Don't be empty. Don't be full of yourself, but be full of his oil. See, the, the five virgins that were foolish, they were full of themselves. They were so full of themselves. They were too sure of themselves. They, were, they just knew they were going to be able to buy or borrow at the last moment. They didn't have a discipline in their lives. Because they didn't have a discipline in their lives, it, it, it cost them. See, it cost them. And the anointing is going to cost you something. The, the, the oil of God has a price to it. And if you don't get what God has for you, and if you don't keep it and preserve it in your life. See, God wants me to protect and preserve and nourish and and nurture those things that he's put into my life. And it's a process. There's times I've failed in that task, and there's seasons where I've succeeded more than others, and I see and reap and eat the fruit of it. Good and bad. Matthew 25, let's, let's read about the talents real quick, and then we'll stop there. Verse 14, again, well, let's, let's just back up. We'll read 11. Later the others came and said, Sir, sir, they opened the door for us, and he replied, I tell you the truth, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Verse 14. 
And I'm going to shift over to NIV for a minute just to make it a little more down to earth. Again, it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another he gave two talents, to another one talent, each according to his ability. He went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his money to work and gained five more. So also with the one who had two talents gained two more. But the man who received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of the servants returned to settle accounts with them. The man who had received five talents brought five. The master said, you entrusted me with five, and I gave him five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servants. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. You have been faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Where have we heard that before? Where have we heard that before? Just think about it. Just think about it while I keep reading. The man with two talents came and said, Master. Oh, I'm sorry, let me back up. 21. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. See, listen, when you please the Lord, there's there's something that happens there. You know how the Bible says you reap what you sow. When you draw near to God, he does what? Draw near to you, right? But when you please God and when you make God happy, guess what he does? He begins to pleasure you and he begins to make you happy. So this is the deal. We're going to figure out how to get God happy. How do we make God happy? How do we pleasure God? How do we please God? We're going to learn. This is going to be our, our new goal, I think, for the for the rest of February. We're going to learn how to just love God and how to please God and pleasure God. And you know what? That's going to teach us a lot of things about our earthly relationships, too, and how we respond to God and how God responds back to us. Is going to help us in how we respond to people and how they respond back to us and how we respond to our spouses or our parents or our brothers and sisters or siblings. Maybe if you have children, whatever the case is. Your neighbors, your your coworkers, just relationships in general. God's concerned about this. So let's Let's read quickly. Come and share in your master's happiness. The man with two talents came, Master. You entrusted me with two. I have gained two more. The master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who received the one talent came and he said, I knew that you are a hard man. First of all, listen. Sometimes we can have a wrong perspective. And because of our wrong perspective, it causes us to react 
Longley, this master wasn't a hard man. This master was a generous master. This master was a blessed man. There's a reason why he had a a fruitful life. And see here, this man's perspective. All, all these other men didn't see their master as a hard man and go and dig and bury their cows. They saw him as a good man and they wanted to do him good. But see, this one servant, his perspective, his his image, his he had this jaded, hard, legalistic perspective of his master. And because of it, it caused him to react out of fear. He didn't react out of faith. He wasn't good and faithful. He was fearful. He wasn't obedient. He was somehow lied to. Some some lie got embedded into this man's mind. And he began to see his master as a hard man. And it caused him to go and out of fear bury his talent. How many of us out of fear bury our talent? Another season in my life where I've buried things that God has put in my life. Maybe there are seasons in your life. Maybe that season's right now. But listen, don't bury your talent. Don't bury the things of God that God has deposited into your life that he wants to become fruitful and produce for you. There's things God puts in your life that he wants to produce for you and for him and for his glory and for his kingdom. And you wonder why you have an unproductive life or or you don't see the blessing or the abundance, it's because you're not allowing the resources that God's embedded into your life to produce for you. But you're you're operating out of fear. Instead of operating out of faith. So this is the deal. The Bible says God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. He hasn't given you a spirit of timidity. He's given you power. He's given you love. He's given you a sound mind. It means he's given you a stable mind. And see, this man, because of the fear, he, he didn't have a stable mind. His thinking wasn't right. And a lot of times when we get into fear, it causes our thinking to not be right. And it's going to be all right. We just have to stay out of fear. And we have to stay into faith. We have to get into God and trust him and, and walk in what he says. So let's keep reading. So he says, I knew that you are a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering 
where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here it is what belongs to you. And his master said, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown, and I gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give it to the one who has the ten talents. For everyone who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and thrown that worthless servant outside into darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And so this is the deal. Don't waste your talents. Don't waste your blessings. Don't waste the things that God's put in your life because you know it hurts and it offends God when we don't allow. I mean, look at look at Moses. Look at Moses. He says, Moses, what's in your hand? He, the guy had a stick. The guy had a rod in his hand. What's he going to do with the rod? He throws it down on the ground. It becomes a serpent. Sometimes we, we look at what's right in front of our face and we're like, God, what are we going to do with all this? We can't do anything with this. Start where you're at. What did that What did that master tell his servant? You who were faithful in the little thing, you who were faithful in the small thing, what, he, he made him ruler over much, ruler over many things. You want to have an abundance and be faithful with the little talents, the little blessings, the little things in your life that you can use to glorify God. Be faithful with it. Be faithful with it. Don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. Look, God's with you. And you can do everything that you set your heart to as long as God's got his hand on it, has got his blessing on it. You can do all things through Christ because he strengthens you. And that's the truth. Preparation. Boldness. We've got to have boldness. We've got to get out of fear. I told my wife tonight, I think I was going to talk about boldness. Hours ago we talked about that. and I knew there was a key for boldness in this chapter. And it's this. Get out of fear. Don't be afraid. You know what produces faith? Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith comes when you listen to God. Faith comes when you obey God. When you listen and obey. What did Jesus say? Obey my commandments? Well, if you love me, obey my commandments. Well, so that your joy will be full. Happy. You want to be a happy Christian? Listen and obey God. And you'll be full of faith. And you won't be full of fear. 
and you won't have a wrong perspective. You won't see God as such a hard God. You know what's hard? The world without Jesus. I mean, it's hard enough with Jesus. Honestly, it's hard. Period. You want to know what's hard? Life's hard. But God's not hard. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. He'll give you breath when the world knocks the breath out of him. That's not hard. That's love. He'll pick you up when everybody else wants to kick you when you're down. That's love. So don't don't see God as a hard man. Shift your focus. Shift your focus. Let's pray. Father, help us, Lord, to not bury our talents. Help us, Lord, to not hide the things of God. Listen to you and be full of faith, Father. Help us, Lord, to obey your word. Father, we pray, Lord God, just like these men that had the talents, Lord, multiply us and increase and let what we put our hands to prosper. But let the blessings and the things of God make room for us. Those talents and those giftings that you've placed in our lives, help us to use them to the best of our ability. Father, we just pray that for every person listening to us. And Father, we pray right now, Lord, that we would not be like those virgins that weren't prepared, they weren't ready, they didn't have their oil. They thought they could borrow it. They thought they could buy it from somebody else. Lord, help us to get our oil from your Holy Spirit. Help us to draw our oil from you. And Father, help us, Lord, to be prepared. Help us to prepare our hearts. Help us to prepare our lives. Father, we just ask this in Jesus' name. Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, listen, we're going to shift gears. I'm going to put a little bit of worship on, and then I'm going to jump back in. We've got just a little bit more of this chapter. Uh, Not much, but I'm going to put a little bit of worship on, and we're just going to go from there.
a song over us tonight. But I believe Jesus would be singing, and he's singing over us right now.
sing a song over us tonight but I believe Jesus would be singing and he's singing over us right now
right, well, we're back. You know, just praising him. He's beautiful. He is beautiful. He's Jesus. There's nothing that compares to him. There's no earthly expression. There's no graven image. There's nothing on the face of the earth. There's nothing you can see through a telescope out in the planets and the stars somewhere. There's nothing that compares to his majesty. Like even the rocks cry out. Even the planets spin at a frequency in perfect pitch like the notes on a scale. All creation worships him. Jesus, where are you at on that note? Are you, along with creation, are you worshiping Jesus? Are you laying your life down, giving yourself to him? Are you his? Does he know you? Does he know you? You know, I think sometimes we can get so far out there that we forget who God is. We forget who we are in God. So the rest of the chapter, the sheep and the goats, verse 31. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne and the heavenly and heavenly glory and all the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left then the king will say to those on his right come you who are blessed by my father your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needed clothes and clothed you? When did we see you sick, Lord, or in prison and go to visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Whatever you do to the least of these, you've done it unto me, Jesus said. That means when we bless people here, we bless God. When we hurt people here, we hurt God. When we offend people here, as long as it's in God, we we offend God. Now, some people are offended by God. It's a different deal. Whatever you did for the least of these, you've done it to me. He'll say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed, into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. 
I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger. I needed clothes. You didn't clothe me. You didn't visit me in prison or look after me when I was sick. You did not. When did we see you and not help you? And he replied, he said, whenever you did not for the least of these, you did not for me. And they will go away to eternal punishment with the righteous into eternal life. All right, so look, we've got wise, wisdom, virgins that were smart enough to trim their wicks and bring their lamps and have their own anointing, have their own relationship, have their own substance with God. So they didn't miss the calling. We had men that produced with their talents and used their abilities for the best and the glory of God. And we had others that that missed the mark because they were fearful and afraid. God says, look, be full of faith. Be full of faith. But we we have to go a step further. He says, don't just be in a relationship with me and have some substance. And don't just be full of faith. But faith without works is dead. Put your faith into action. Go out and, and meet the needs of those. Because when you meet those in need, you're you're meeting God. You're blessing God. You're pleasing God. You're pleasuring the Father. So that's what we do. That's who we are. If we're his, if we're Christians, if we're children of the Most High God, that's what he wants. He wants a relationship. He wants faith and not fear. He wants boldness. He wants love in action. We're reaching out, being the hands and feet, being the mouth, being the heart of Jesus. We're supposed to be the body. The body consists of everything from the neck down. So be the heart of Jesus. Be the feet of Jesus. Be the hands of Jesus. Let's pray. Father, we just ask, Lord, let us not be like the goats. Let us not be those that just talk and those that just have a good form of godliness, but let us be those that, Father, not only have wisdom, not only have faith, but we have love and action. We reach out, we we visit those that are sick and in prison, and we Reach out to those in need that are hungry and thirsty. We reach out to those. Father, you're our ever-present help in time of need. Lord, let us be that to others in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so listen, this is Prayer International Radio. We're going to wrap it up tonight. Bless you guys for sticking with us. Matthew 25. Last night we did Psalm 40. Not sure where we're going tomorrow night. Sean may be back with us. We may just take a break. But we'll be back later on in the week. You need to tune in, prayerinternational.org. 
or email us at prayerinternational at gmail.com. Have a blessed night.